This podcast may contain adult language and adult themes. On the other hand, it may not. Sort of a podcast lucky dip. Welcome to the Happy Oxygen Podcast. My name is Simon Nichols and I am a dog walker. A dog walk for me is just over 25 minutes. I needed a podcast that was perfect for dog walks or anything else you do in 26 minutes. This is it. The Happy Oxygen Podcast is here to make you smile, laugh or feel a bit happier about yourself. Each episode will feature a special guest who will be asked why laughter and happiness has helped them on their journey through life and how that drives their positivity. This week, my guest is Howard Miller. Howard is the owner and founder of Calmar, a consultancy specializing in organizational resilience, culture, and well-being. Howard is an avid collector of hats, model airplanes, and real classic cars. Please enjoy your dog walk or other associated podcast listening activity. Howard, thank you so much for being on Happy Oxygen. How are you? I'm not too bad, sir. Not too bad. How are you? Good to be on. I'm very well, sir. I'm very well. We're going to kick off straight away with the question we ask all of our guests on Happy Oxygen, and that is, describe how you're feeling today, but I'd like you to use an internal weather system. (laughs) Okay, so... I would have to go for what my life generally feels like. Tornado, where I go in through one side of it, going, what the hell's going on? Then make it to the eye of the storm, a bit of a reprieve, and then come straight into the other side of it. So I'm currently in the eye of the storm. I've just been working with a client, and I always get that sort of anticipation, sort of anxiety part where I first speak to them, and I'm trying to work out exactly what they need. That's going into the storm. And then I'm writing it up, and I'm having my biscuits, having my tea, and then tomorrow is the other other side of it where I present it back and hopefully it's all good. So there you go. Does that work? There's a, there's a that, right that works absolutely perfectly. And I, we, we've not had anyone describe themselves as a tornado, but I love that where you're talking about that clarity and you're just in the moment, in the zone, and everything is going right up until the point you give it back to the customer and then it all becomes tumultuous again. Because you don't know whether it's gonna whether you've got it spot on. It's like playing a game of battleships. So you, you've got to sort of distill what their real problem is. Because far, far too often what you find is they go, oh, I've heard of this really cool thing and this it's shiny, shiny magpie stuff. And then they say, do you do this shiny, shiny magpie stuff? And you say, yeah. And then you go along and you find out it's not what they actually need because they haven't worked out what they actually want and need as a, as a root cause problem. So I've now started offering that to, to prospects and clients to actually distill what their problem is, get that into three points, and then, then they can work out, anyway, I'm rambling, but but that's basically what we're trying to do. So, so the battleships bit comes in is, did I get it right? <laughs> and I'll find out our fate tomorrow morning. We, we may have to have you back on another podcast to talk about, is the customer always right? And, we'll, and that might be a four-hour episode. Yeah, well, I'm going to go with no, but they don't know it. So you have to say yes, because well, you need to steer them and guide them. Steer them in the right direction. Okay. Howard, next question. What do you find fun, or rather, how do you find fun in things? Just what, what drives behaviours, what drives patterns. It's another thing I like. I like solving Rubik's Cube's problems. So if there is a particular... What, what, what would be the best way of explaining it? Right, so the guitar is in the background that you can see. So I sat down, I was like, right, I really want to learn how to play the guitar. I sat down, picked up the guitar, tried to play it, and it was broken. So I then spent sort of another week completely rebuilding, re-wiring uh, re- sort of everything, stripping it all back, and then getting it back up and running. And then by the time I got it, literally, it was 
perfect. I was like, go and do something else now. Solve that. <laughs> I go and play the piano. It's more about solving the problem of the, of the guitar rather than playing the guitar. And then I move on to something else. So, that, so the, the, the classic cars, I like to know why I've blown the engine up. So I, so, I mean, I've never sort of done anything beyond uh, an oil change until I had this one. And then over Christmas, me and my son, 14-year-old son, took the engine out with an engine grate. Yeah, problem solving. But in the in the work side of things, the patterns, I mean, the, 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 the things that allow me to find the patterns in engineering world, I can also see the patterns in the people world. Uh, and that's what I really like doing, decoding culture. So this, this piece of work I'm doing at the moment is is decoding an SLT of a company. And the CEO, CEO wants to know why it's dysfunctional. So first off, you have to look at what the response variables are. So so what is it that they're seeing that's going wrong? And then look for what the, the common culprits of issues are. Anyway, does that answer your question? Absolutely. The uniqueness of this podcast is there is no right or wrong answer. There's no there's no pressure on awesome. you to either stay on the question. We we digress at regular intervals in this in this podcast because I was loving the fact that I was going to think, ah, oh, maybe I can get uh, Howard to play us something on the guitar. But from the sounds of it, <laughs> you you only you only know how to build them rather than play them. That's uh, what makes you laugh the most, Russell Howard. I really like him. He's really, really good. I think on the Russell Howard thing is uh, is the combination of it's not doom and gloom. I think that's actually one of his segments. It's not all doom and gloom, but he actually gives a, a positive spin to how shocking the world. I was going to say something else. Uh, how shocking the world is, and I think if I was to look at the co- the opposite of your question, then it would have to be the news. And I just genuinely I don't watch the news anymore because of that. So so I will go and search funny things on what's it called on YouTube and sit there watching the two Ronnies or, you know, reruns of Lee Evans or something like that. Because I, I found a massive correlation between watching, I was sitting there watching um, The Walking Dead, the guy with the cowboy hat, and, and I just found that my general demeanour, my mood, everything was like rock bottom, really rock bottom. And then I sort of thought, right, I'm going to stop watching that halfway through a season, which is very difficult for me with, you know, diagnosed ADHD, OCD, got to fit it to the end. And it was just like, no, I'm going to watch something funny. And it completely changed my outlook. Brilliant answer. And there's there's a couple of things I wanted to to talk to you based on the back of that answer. Number one, obviously, is four candles. Andles for oh, forks. Yeah. Four candles. Andles for forks. <laughs> and the other one is that our you what you started to describe there is uh, doom scrolling which is where we we are drawn instinctively to the negative stuff in the news. And our brains are actually engineered five times more to be drawn to negative news articles than we are positive. So what you've just described there was fantastic, is that actually I recognised in myself that something wasn't was negative, The Walking Dead. There's nothing hugely positive to be found by a world populated by zombies where you're only one of about 400 people left in the population and they're all fighting with each other. And you chose to change your mindset. And I think that was uh, that's brilliant. Who inspires you? Who inspires me? Is that a question? Yeah. Where does your inspiration come from? Muhammad Ali is the one that is my go-to guy. I think that that, that person as a human being is just... Epic. And I think it's a shame that he's no longer around. People like Barack Obama, absolutely love him. It's it's the people that see the humanity in, in what they're doing and aren't affected by 
gravitas or status. So you can imagine walking right up to Barack Obama and saying, hey, you know, how's the, how's the baseball game today on the basket? And it'd be, it'd be it'd ask you, but equally you could ask him about foreign policy and world politics. And, and, be equally, and the reason why Hamid Ali, I think, is for me, is, is one of his quotes. I think it was, he was at Harvard once, and he, I think they were almost being condescending and, and sort of talking down to this black, you've got to remember the times here, right? So this black guy in Harvard, feeling privileged enough to actually speak to these white audience. And, and he turned, they, they asked him, what's, what's your favourite poet? And he goes, well, the shortest poem was Adam Haddon. I can't remember who wrote that, but anyway, so it was two words. And he goes, well, that's not really embodying anything. It's just saying that someone has something and it's all materialistic. And so one that I prefer is me, we. And it's actually even shorter because it's less letters, but much more profound. And when you think about things like that, actually, it's about the bigger picture. Did you have, or do you still have, based on that inspiration and that, do you ever, did you ever have mentors as you were growing up, or do you still have mentors? So I, I maintain this top five, bottom five concept. I don't know if you've ever come across this. but So at any one particular point in time, I will have a list of five people that I want to be more like and a list of five people that I want to be less like. And every so often, maybe every sort of six months to a year, I'll sit down and I'll just write down why those people are in the top and bottom five, and then whether I still exhibit those traits. So, um, and these people can be from current life or can be from you know, when I was an apprentice, um, but they have to have been in my physical working. So one of them that's in the top five, he's, he's had psychological issues, mental health related issues, but he is an epic genius at what he does. He treats people with astounding respect. He was on the board of a massive organization and is now on the board of another groundbreakingly massive. And he's the kind of guy that gives you hope that actually you can have, you can go through the storm of life and still be standing at the end. So, and, and treat people with, with the, the decency and the respect and still maintain being a good human being. So that's one of them. Another one's a lady who I just, I just think is very fantastic in, in um, how she approaches life. It was, it's always with a sense of opportunity, with a sense of if you do X, the rest of the world will, will come along, aligned to it rather than what can you get materialistically. If I switch to the, the, the negative side, so instead of running through all the top five, I'll go through the and there's and so essentially through my life I've had managers that I have really not resonated. And I say that because these bad what I call bad managers are a subjective view. They resonate badly with me and I think that they are horrible people. However, other people will go, they're spot on. They're gonna resonate well with me. So so what's so in my bad five, I've got ex managers basically. And it's they're exhibiting traits such as lying to those around them, to creating falsities, not being inclusive to various different perspectives or ideas, or just being generally. So there was one guy, for example, who would talk to you. And then when he finished talking, it's like, yeah, I've, I've, I've concluded what I need from this conversation and, and with them walk away. Um, and expecting you to, have, you know, not needed to respond because that's you know a waste of time literally and so what i do is i take these traits from both sides of the equation and my intent is to slowly move towards the good side so that's a long answer again another long answer to your question 
No, it's absolutely wonderful. And we, although we're, spent, we're meant to be evergreen in this wonderful world of podcast, we're actually recording this on National Kindness Day. And you, what you talked about there, I felt, uh, Howard, was very much leaning towards, wouldn't it be nice if everyone was just kind to each other? Wouldn't it be nice if everybody actually cared about each other and looked after each other? We know potentially that Nirvana will never will never be uh, displayed because there'll always be managers that display those tendencies. What do you do to be kind to other people? I think that it's, if you get a question like that, you first have to realise that there are people out there that hate you, right? So out there, I, I'm sure that there are at least 10 people who think I'm devil incarnate. And, and there's nothing that I can do that will have altered that because my perception of reality versus their perception of reality are just so polarized. And so, for example, someone may not understand why I would walk away from a very well-paid job and senior leadership team because the person I was working for was toxic and was toxic to his leadership team. And so that would mean that the person that I leave behind thinks I'm an a-hole or something like that. So I think what you can only do is, is always do the best that you can at every given, at any given point is to try and be cognizant of what's going on, try to be cognizant of the, implications of the things that you say and i think one of the things that massively changes who you are as human beings having a child because when you're i remember pre-jack me so my son's called jack and i've got to admit i was a real up-and-coming fireball style i I was very focused let's put it that way on on the the corporate world and then over the years of having jack you realize that actually Life has got to be about other people because otherwise it's just going to bite you. So, so yeah, I mean, with the Calmark crew, for example, I know that, you know, I'm a very polarizing character and, and people will gravitate towards me in the Calmark world. But then they'll also gravitate towards each other. And I absolutely love seeing that, the respect that they have for each other and the, the, the common identity and the common purpose in what they wish to achieve and do for themselves and for clients. So it's about, also for me, is... How do you give back to the people that are around you so that they can be a little bit closer to those five in their mentor list of where they want to be? So you could give someone the present of confidence or you could give someone the present of you know, seeing the, the brighter side of life. And it's, it's recognizing that if you give those things to those people, then you will get tenfold in return. That's a, that's a wonderful uh, analogy, wonderful philosophy to to empower other people in order to to, to get that back. I think that's a, that's fantastic. We over here at uh, Thrive, we have something called the Virtual Happy Jar, and you can put anything you like into the Virtual Happy Jar. It is it is multi dimensional. I managed to fit a blue whale in it. It is large as life. You can put emotions, feelings, individual objects in it. It matters not. What would you like to put in our virtual happy jar that will make you happy, that might also make other people happy when they open it? But if I put what makes me happy in your happy jar, I don't have it in my. It's happy multidimensional. Jar. You, 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 you don't, you don't, you don't release the happiness. You just, you just let. Let's say you're you're giving up. You're giving a piece of you, and you're getting it ten times back. What would it be? It would be, I, th- I think it would be my, my sanity. 
<laughs> I need that to remain happy. How I maintain. So it would be something like my YouTube subscription or something like that, which allows me to, or Netflix subscription, but allows me to detract. So for me, I mean, if you think about what the concept of meditation is and how it works, it essentially distracts and calms the mind away from something that you are fixated on, right? So that's single point meditation. <clears throat> so if you're watching a film or you're watching something else, you're essentially meditating in a different way. So I think that, ah, there you go, my meditation app. You can't get, there you go. My 10% happier, there you go, <laughs> literally called 10% happier. I put that Wonderful, in. wonderful. Meditation, mindfulness is, uh, is, is brilliant. And, and you're absolutely right. It's, it's distraction. It's moving, moving your thoughts to a different place. I'd like to take you to a different place now. I'd like you to take, I'd like to take you back to school, to your, to your 15-year-old self. If you were able to time travel back to the school toilets and you were able to write a piece of guidance or a piece of advice on the back of the toilet door that your 15-year-old self would see and understand, what would you tell them? So to answer that question, what would I tell my younger self? Number one is your, well, a couple of things actually. Number one, look after your, your financial health. Maybe don't go buy that TVR with all of your money uh, when you get to about 20. So I would say look after yourself and look after your mental health. It's a long game that you're about to play. If you're in a toxic environment, then it is absolutely fine to walk away. Just walk away because in the long run, you will be stronger and more... It, 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 well, actually... Be careful of the, res the resilience versus walking away equation. So make sure that you make that decision wisely and don't overstay. I would say, what would I say? Hmm. Live in the present a lot more. You're always going to be thinking about what the next thing is when actually you can enjoy where you are today. I would say to myself, go spend a lot of time with old people and go and listen to them and what their reflections are because they know more than you right now. I would say network the bejesus and relationship building is the most important thing for your later life. I would say sort your finances out and understand finance because they don't teach you that in school. And if they teach you it properly, you'd be like, yeah, I guess that, that's what, what springs to mind. I'm loving the fact that now, somewhere in the time-space continuum, is a door that's about 18 foot tall with all the 15-year-old Howard Miller advice on it somewhere that, uh, that this poor poor young 15-year-old who only went in there to, uh, to go to the toilet now has to read. But uh, absolutely brilliant guidance there. The next question is a bit difficult for me to ask, actually, Howard, because I, I know you love films and I love films. Yeah. And this next question, we, we, uh, we, we only have a, a finite amount of time, but we'll see where this takes us. What is your favourite fun film and what's your favourite go-to scene in that film? Amelie. Ooh. And it would be one of – because Amelie is basically a succession of paradigm shifts. And that's what I absolutely love about it. It just, you, it builds you up to have one belief, this is what is going on. And then it just shifts on you and then it shifts on you and it shifts on you. So there isn't one specific piece in it, but I, 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 whenever I'm sort of, I need a pick me up, I'll just sit down and watch it. That's lovely. I haven't seen that film for such a long time, actually. I'm now, I'm now going to go back and watch it. 
Yes, <laughs> it's in French, so it's yeah, it's but uh, even with subtitles, it's still. Uh, what scene do I need to look out for in particular? I really like the gnome scene with his dad, her dad. So she basically sends her dad's gnome off around the world because he should be going around the world and spending his time. So it's her mum dies and he's living this solitary life when he could be out exploring the world. So essentially, what happens is this: there's these Polaroids of his garden gnome, which is horrible, in Paris and then in, in India, or I can't remember where the country is, but, and then they all send them back to him. And it's like, oh, what's this? And I think it's just a really good, honestly, way of framing in life, get out and go and explore. Oh, brilliant. So what you'd have heard at the beginning was the intro into Happy Oxygen, and it, uh, it's a version of a song called Hoppy Polar. And Hoppy Polar is by Sigur Ross, an Icelandic group that are just, in my world, fantastic. So Hoppy Polar is my go-to happy song. Do you have a go-to happy song? Yes. Edge of 17, Stevie Nicks has to be done. Can you, can you play it on the, on the guitar? No, but I really like that song for some reason. I don't know why. I think it's, I, I heard it in Jack Black's film, The School of Rock. Yes. And I can't remember the lady that was in it, but she just sings it. And whenever I'm listening to the music, I think of her singing it with Jack Black. And it is just a real uplifting moment. It, it sort of, it, it demonstrates escapism into something which just takes you to another world and, and makes you happy. What makes you happy, Cry? I must admit, and I don't think my wife's worked this out, but you know when you watch things like Britain's Got Talent or stuff like that, when they're, they're doing those songs, and they, I don't know whether to believe them or not always, because I think they're a little bit engineered on the other occasion, but when they, they sort of, they come from this bad background and then they, they just do this amazing thing, and it's just, yeah, well done, that's, that's great, your life's going to change as of now, and that's that sort of the emotion. What else do I happy cry about? Not much else, to be honest. Um, sometimes my, my son will come out with a joke which makes me cry laughing. So uh, he's got a very wicked sense of humour. Or Solly will come out, so I've got a wife, Solly will come out with something and it's just very off the wall funny. Um, but yeah. Brilliant. So we're nearly at the end. And what we like to do at this point in the podcast is we like to go back to our roots or rather my roots. And we are talking about the wonderful entity that is BOD. Now, if you are, uh, you, I know you see you're looking quizzically, it's, it's one of those Marmite moments. And if you've seen BOD, you immediately know what's going to happen. If you haven't seen BOD, I suggest you Dr. Google it afterwards. And their BOD was a 70s kids TV program that I basically grew up on. And there was a scene in BOD towards the end that featured Alberto the Frog. Now, Alberto the Frog was, as you would understand, a conductor of an orchestra, an animal-only orchestra. And each week, Alberto would choose his favourite milkshake, but the animals would have to guess what his favourite milkshake. So in the true time-honoured style of Happy Oxygen, Howard Miller, what is your favourite milkshake and why? It's not just a milkshake. <clears throat> a milkshake, something needs to be an experience. And so what I really like doing is driving from here, which is just on the outskirts of uh, a place called Greenwich, in my 1976 Transpit Fire, 
I'd have my wife sitting in the passenger seat. I'd have the dogs probably yapping the Jesus out of me in the back. We've got this little compartment where we can sit. And then we'll drive down to Greenwich Central with the roof down. We would then buy Casper's strawberry ice cream, which is amazing. And then we would drive off. We did that once and we found that if you drove through the, the centre, there's a, a car exhibition. And so there's a classic car exhibition. So we drove into the marketplace of Greenwich, right in the centre, parked the car in the middle, and then just went around looking at the car. So milkshakes for me remind me of that. And, uh, and it is great. Thank you so much. Howard Miller, Calmare, thank you for being on Happy Oxygen. You've been an absolute delight.